Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the third installment of the School for Dumb Women. We're still going. And still dumb. By now, you'll be uncomfortably familiar with me, host woman Hannah Varrell. And of course, my co-host wears the swimming costume as underwear, Caroline O'Donoghue. Hi, Hannah. I'm actually wearing knickers under my swimming costume today. And with me too is too old for Snapchat, Alexandra Haddo. I just feel like, today I just watched Trisha like the rest of us, you know? <laughs> So this week, we've got a design technology lesson. Yay! It's Pencils. a DOS. It's a DOS! Such a fucking DOS. And it's like the religion teacher does it as well. So yeah. you're like, yeah. you're not a real teacher. Yeah. The only thing is you have to wear goggles. That's fine. Fine. Yeah. Uh, so to counteract the fun, we have double biology. Boo. But it's on interesting subjects in biology, which you wouldn't get taught at school. Ooh, we're the cool teachers. Yeah, we've only just qualified from our PGC and we're not that much older than you. Like 26, you're 17, it's fine. <laughs> I think towards the end of the podcast, we'll just put Finding Nemo on and yeah. <laughs> leave the room. <laughs> just go out for a fag and play with sexier ones. Yeah. <laughs> bitch about everyone in the staff room. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when your teachers would bitch about other teachers and you'd be like, oh my God, a I'm window in the is yeah, Breaking completely. the fourth wall. It was breaking the fourth wall. It so was. But we're like that. Yeah. Think of us as your cool, young, H-dip teachers who are bitching about other teachers and smoking and wearing clothes from Monsoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And us like them, no fuck all. <laughs> So because I'm an egomaniac, I'm going to go first uh, with my lesson, design technology, um, and I'm going to talk about windows. Windows. Windows, as in the operating system or the clear glass? Actual real windows. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I've had a bit of a a feeling around the class that you're not very interested in this. So far, you haven't piqued my interest. I was surprised when you said it on the WhatsApp group because you had been toying with like several subjects. Like a lot of them were like very deep and historical and then you were like, fuck it, windows, I'm doing windows. (laughs) She's had a psychotic break. (laughs) But I mean, this is the point of the School for Dumb Women is that we take things that we think we know about and we discover that we don't actually know about them. That is true. Anyway, so windows, tell me if you're so clever, how are windows made? (laughs) If you're also clever. Um, well, uh, windows are made out of glass. Glass is made out of very, very hot sand. That's the exact party line that I was I was always taught at school or by my dad when I was asking inane questions. Is it not the party line because it's true or is it wrong? It's true. Oh. You get a smart point. You get a gold star, mm. actually. Oh, we should have a point system. Yeah. But for that, we'd need a man to keep counting. So. <laughs> yes, but we can't count past four because that's the number of weeks in a cycle. 
So the bit that I was interested in, um, how do they get it so flat? Oh. Oh. They lie it on a f- another flat thing. A hot flat thing, I would say, like a hot s- stone. I would say a cold stone. A hot, like a sandwich, like a hot stone and a cold stone. Heat it up, cool it down. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new auto glass advert. <laughs> well, you're both kind of right. Um, Ooh, oh, really? Well-ish. Uh, you do lie it on a hot flat thing, but, okay, so you melt the bits of sand in a furnace to 1,700 degrees, Whoa. which is hotter than the sun, but not actually. I don't know how hot the sun is. Mm-hmm. Um, hot. So you've got your uh, liquid glass. It's all been heated up. It's all been mixed together. And that can be actually sand. And also recycled glass can go in at that stage, all mm-hmm. in the same process. Um, and then it gets poured onto a big vat of molten tin, as in the metal tin. Right. So it's just a big, horrible, hot vat of tin. This sounds like the making of Robocop. <laughs> than Windows. Um, and because tin is quite, it doesn't mix with glass um, and it's not going to like combust at high temperature. Um, and it's also quite stable. It's quite flat. So then the glass goes on top of the tin and it rises to the top because tin is denser. Mm-hmm. And then it just spreads out completely flat. And cools down and is kind of just in that shape. Do you know what I want to know? Wow. Who was on a beach and thought, do you know what? That hole in my wall needs something covering it. <laughs> I'm going to heat the shit out of this stuff. You know, I mean, I am, I'm being a bit facetious there, but my point is, how? How? It's, yeah, it's like the sort of um, who thought of milk first thing. Isn't <laughs> yeah. It? yeah, it's like, what? I'll drink this yeah. poison from a big animal. So I have an answer for you, Alex, actually. The first people who made glass, uh, apparently, were in eastern Mesopotamia and Egypt around 3500 BC. It's always the Egyptians, isn't it? Yeah. But they didn't make glass for windows. They made uh, glass vessels. So they did like glass blowing, which is when you get a big mm-hmm. long straw and you put a glob of glass on the end and then you blow yeah. into it. Yeah, have you ever seen anyone do that? Not in real life. It's actually quite sexy. Yes, mm. it's very hypnotising as well. Yeah, because yeah, you have to spin it round so it kind of mm. doesn't just fall off. Anyone who does that is basically Merlin. Do mm. you know what I mean? Yes, correct. Especially when you put colours in there. Oh yeah, we've all seen That's that really YouTube good. video. Yeah, it's yeah. Just... You've seen the one where they make marbles. No. Oh, it's insane. It's great. Good. It's so great. I'm confused as to why you called them vessels, though, because I thought the only vessels in life were women harboring mm. a child. Empty vessels, yeah. Empty vessels. What, Handmaid's Tale style. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I feel like that was a really good explanation. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you, Mesopotamia and Egypt. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was the Eastern Mesopotamians who first made glass vessels. Uh, but even before that, obsidian... Um, existed and people have been using that and that's a naturally occurring glass which is formed in volcanoes. Wow! I love that word a lot. It's a great word, isn't it? That's a great word. Obsidian! (laughs) My youngest, most troublesome son! (laughs) Fish that glass out of the volcano immediately. Like the prologue for a Marvel film. (laughs) Obsidian! Sorry, Hannah. And then he became Glassman. (laughs) (laughs) Rising from the flames of the volcano. And then they can do a Tin Man spin-off. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they can fight. Mm. 
Oh, These are the two shall meet. So good. Except, of course, there'll be no female superheroes. Oh, yeah. Not. There's never going to be copper lass. <laughs> <laughs> copper feel. Oh my God, yeah, people are always copying a feel. They would so make that. They would so make that. Copperfield, the female superhero who encourages you to check your breasts. <laughs> um, and another thing I found out was that the first people who actually used glass for windows uh, were the Romans in 100 AD, which is pretty damn early. Yeah. No, pretty, yeah. Damn, pretty damn late compared to the old Egyptians. Yeah, they, they were like, just making do- like cups and things. Oh, they used them for windows. Yeah, but the Romans were like, do you know what? We could flatten this out and use it as a window. So what they did was they they would like blow a big cylinder using a normal glass blowing technique. Right. And then they'd chop it down the middle, lay it flat. Bang, you've got a window. They were so smart. Yeah. What? Yeah. Good, isn't it? It is good. Glass is good. They've given yeah. us everything, the Romans. Noses, roads, colonialism, <laughs> colonialism, <laughs> pasta. <laughs> Um, and before glass windows, people used to use paper windows, especially in China and Korea and Japan. Um, and in England, people used to use animal horns that had been soaked in water for three months and then flattened and then kind of just like tacked onto a window. And they were shit. Oh. At no point was that the best solution. That is just, <laughs> no. that is fragile masculinity speaking. It's yes, like, it is. Horns in my house! <laughs> Flatten it, Linda. I really, Dave, honestly, I've seen this thing in this catalogue. Romans are using it. Linda, soak the horns. Dave, please. We need space for the baby's cot. <laughs> oh, I brought you home, that big bloody horn, and you would leave it there. I'm sick of this, you're so ungrateful. But I'll stick it to one reason there. I'm the kids. I need that horn to eat me ice cream out of. Yeah. That's the equivalent of like, you know, when you see those cars that someone's obviously smashed the little back window and someone's just tacked a bit of a cardboard box over it with uh, sellotape and you see it in the other car park and you're like, just get the bloody glass put back on, mate. This is like mm. um, when I see adult human beings like living in London with media jobs or whatever and uh, they have a fucking smashed up screen on the phone yeah, and I'm like yeah. you earn oh. enough like you're gra- yeah. like get a new screen yeah. the Romans like a- didn't invent glass for us to smash it all over the place <laughs> and then keep using it as if it's fine oh my yeah. god and they can't like see where the bloody Uber is because it's right in the middle of the smash <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's kind of a point of pride isn't it I think for some people they're like yeah. oh, I, just, I still don't care about technology that I've smashed my phone and I've not fixed it. But it's like, but you're still using it even though it's smashed. So actually, uh, you are addicted to it just like everyone else. Yeah. Single listeners, if you're dating someone who has a smashed phone glass thing, don't fuck them. No. (laughs) They don't deserve it. They will not be attentive lovers. Agreed. Good. Uh, To get back to windows like the ones what we have today... Another cool thing I learned about it is that when it when the molten glass cools down and it's all like flat and everything, it's all good, mm-hmm. um, and it's been like scored along and then snapped in half cleanly along the line because that's how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually not a solid; it's still a liquid, but it's a frozen liquid, which is also called an amorphous solid. So over time, it can. For example, in old buildings and really old churches and things, sometimes you can see window panes and they're thicker at the bottom than they are at the top. 
because it's technically a liquid and you know molecules have moved down with gravity over the years and i bet you they use that as an excuse to say like the lord is here or something the windows are melting (laughs) the walls are bleeding no (laughs) (laughs) i did not i'm an atheist guys (laughs) yeah clearly (laughs) it's like three episodes we brought up god now (laughs) So that's kind of it, really. Well, I I love that lesson. I feel a lot less dumb about windows. Yeah. So as with all DT lessons, it just goes by too quickly. And I think we should move on to biology, but not before our Women Who Code Mixer. Yay! Hannah, what are we covering today's Woman Who Code Mixer? Well, in week one, we learnt to code. We did. In week two, we learnt about web stacks and how they make a website. Yes. Yes, we did. So this week, we're going to learn about the hardware side of it. Not technically coding, but we're going to learn about motherboards. Oh, Love, love that. Love strong, independent motherboards. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Single motherboards. Mm-hmm. Just getting it done. Yeah, just on that board. Clipping those coupons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Making those lunches. So, it uh, sounds like you already know, one important characteristic of motherboards is that they have to be able to multitask. And motherboards are always women, of course, because women are the best multitaskers. Yes, oh, it's nice that, isn't it? I love how women are, like, such good multitaskers because, like, men get to have, like, they're, like, the steam scientists and the steam engineers. Yeah. But, you know, women get multitasking mm-hmm. so we yeah. can sort of, like, iron and deliver a hand shandy at the same time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, good, go you, women. Yeah. You get multitasking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pop his shirt on when he's done. So let's take an example. Cheryl Sandberg is a motherboard. She is a mother and she is the COO of Facebook. Today's activity, can you think of any other good motherboards? Ooh, um... Well, Gwyneth Paltrow was on the board of Apple and is the mother of Goop, so she counts as a motherboard. Other way around, babes. Hmm. I always um, get those mixed up too. Oh, so she's on the board of... Goop and is the mother of Apple. Correct. Right. I think we talk about Gwyneth Paltrow every single episode so far. We just want her as a guest. (laughs) I think episode four, the Gwyneth years, is on the cards. Mm. Yeah. Why is Gwyneth Paltrow Gwyneth Paltrow? Like, how did that happen? What is Gwyneth? That's my next subject. That's episode four. Yeah. Great. What is Gwyneth Paltrow? Um, so one of the other best motherboards, according to my research, is Emma Walmsley. You might not have heard of her, but she's CEO of GlaxoSmithKline, and they're the ones that have all the drugs. Um, and she has four kids, so she's the motherest of all the boards. Whoa. Work, um, girl. Yeah. Work that womb. Um, and of course, we have to remember only a fifth of all boards are women. So when you find a good one, make sure you catch it. Don't let it go. You need yeah. it for your operating system. That's yeah. true. Um, just get it a small cage, a, mm-hmm. a wheel. Yeah. A little teardrop thing so yeah. we can get <laughs> love yeah. some water and um, keep it in the laundry room and wheel it out every time there's a panel. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure it has a USB connections. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Very, that's true. And Very yeah, important, yeah. Knows a PowerPoint and a keynote. Yep. Great. So we all know how to find and keep a motherboard. Let's move on. <laughs> For the first of our double biology lesson, uh, we have Alex and you're talking about being drunk. I'm talking about being drunk. How do you think alcohol works to make us drunk? 
it goes into your bloodstream because then, and it goes into your breath because then you get breathalyzed if you're in America and you're driving around. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make to your memory as well because you sometimes can't remember stuff. I know it has a lot to do with dehydration because that is my number one like thing that happens when I drink. Like I have to have like a bottle of water every time I have like a couple of drinks. Because yes. Otherwise, I just get massive dehydration headaches. But that's hangovers, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, that is what hangovers are, right? That's but exactly just, just dehydration. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what a hangover is. Just dehydration. So all the questioning that you do about is your life worthwhile? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with a hangover. Just guys. Looks sport. Yes, exactly. I'm someone that really prides myself on drinking a lot of water, not in a kind of like dickhead way, uh, just in a kind of I start and then I can't stop. Do you have oh, that? Yeah. Yes, but Especially you can drown yourself. What? You can drown yourself. My friend Joe and my friend Sam both drowned themselves. What? As in, what, as in they're dead now? No, as in, uh, well, they both had to go to hospital. If you drink sort of, let's say you just drank 20 bottles of water, right? You just kept your drinking. brain explodes, doesn't it? You uh, you flood your body, yeah, right, and you can die. Guess I won't do that then. Don't do it. But I feel like I drink a lot of water, especially after a night out, and I still do get hangovers. So how is that possible? Yeah, same. Yeah, I I drink a lot as well, and I just I feel like I never feel the effects. Does the water not go in properly when you're drunk? I think it's a lag from when you were dehydrated on the night out, and your body hasn't caught up with it yet. But it probably does help. It just doesn't completely counteract all of the alcohol because it's such a diuretic. That's why you go for a wee all the time on a What's night What's a diuretic? Out. A diuretic is something that makes you wee a lot. So it oh. dehydrates your body. So coffee, tea, caffeine is a diuretic and so is alcohol. So that's why, well, you, that's why you wee a lot more if you're on a big night. Okay, um, so what is getting drunk then? So getting drunk, alcohol essentially... <laughs> Makes you not want to drink, so enjoy those beers, ladies. It affects the nerves that pass messages around the body by slowing them down. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and the more you drink, the greater the effect, obviously. The reason that people get more lively when they've had a drink is that alcohol affects the parts of the brain responsible for self-control. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it makes Mary you... Ladies. Yeah, it, alcohol's a weird thing because I was reading all this. It's very... Um, one thing and the other. So it's a depressant, but it actually also, once you drink it, it releases a lot of serotonin in your brain. But it's classed as a depressant. So it's very odd. That's why you get very, very happy. And then you're so sad. You're just basically <laughs> a toddler again. And it also kind of shuts down the outer part of your brain. And you kind of have... Did you study Freud at school, ladies? Yes. Do you remember the id? Mm. Yes, I do Essentially, the your very basic brain, so your basic urges, are all you've got left if you're absolutely shit-faced at the end of a night out. Hence why you want to sleep, you want to eat, and you, and you just... want to shag. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Because I... <laughs> My boss did see me Googling today, why does alcohol make you horny? So I hope she didn't think I was just doing that for my own reasons. Um, yeah, it essentially it starts sort of fueling your basic drives. And that's why you want to fuck, eat and sleep. <laughs> the other thing's worth doing, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but essentially, if you want the science part... When you drink alcohol, the water-soluble ethanol it contains has a free pass throughout your body. After it enters your digestive system, it takes a ride in your bloodstream and passes through cell membranes and strolls through the heart. 
strolls. This person was obviously that I was researching it through was trying to make it seem a little bit more friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Has a free pass to yes. go through your bloodstream and then it strolls through your... Who is this person? Exactly, I don't know, but he made it very... Oh, I'm assuming it's a he. Ooh. Sexism, Claxon. Um, he made it very nice to read about. But essentially, yes, ethanol goes around your brain and causes feel-good dopamine, sorry, not serotonin, dopamine, to be released and links up with nerve receptors. So essentially, alcohol's like Casanova. It's sort of fast and slow in the right amounts and floods your brain with serotonin and then it leaves and you're depressed. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens enlightening wow yeah and then there's lots of other sciencey bits like the ethanol binding to lots of other things and making you go fucking crazy so why do you um, like lose your balance sometimes when you're drunk I do not know but I think it's because ethanol stimulates the primitive part of your brain called the hypothalamus and so it's based, your brain is essentially running on a sort of a generator so all mm. the things that are completely non-essential. It also blurs your vision. You start to lose your senses because everything's shutting down to what you absolutely need. But then essentially, if you're losing your balance, you've drunk way too much alcohol because oh. your brain can't cope and isn't keeping you alive very well in case you're getting drunk on a tightrope. Because alcohol is poison, isn't it? Yes, essentially. Like ethanol yeah. is poison. Yeah. And you can die. You can die. Or have your stomach pumped. Oh, have you ever had that happen? No. Have you? No. No. But I'd like if one of us had. Hmm. Yeah. Just make no. us more edgy. I think if you go to Magaluf, you get it as a sort of free gift. <laughs> What's the drunkest you've ever been in your whole life? Ooh. I know that I'm way too drunk when I go to the toilet midnight out in the bar or pub or whatever. And when I'm doing a wee like a lady... Mm-hmm the floor starts moving a bit mm. and I think oh no but then there's also because you're drunk you think I'll be fine I'll just have a red wine alcohol mats <laughs> I think the drunkest I've ever been is when I uh, was in first year of university hi and um, <laughs> me and my friend decided that we wanted to try drinking everything in the same night everything and then we kept tallies <laughs> all of the drinks we kept tallies of how many units we had because we'd just done a quiz you know one of those like uni health quizzes mm-hmm. where they say how many units do you drink per week and we were like we're gonna find out and so we had like three beers and then we had some red wine and then we went to a club and we had spirits and then a man outside had a naughty cigarette too <gasps> and then um we both got a taxi home and we were sick out the window of a taxi and then oh. i had a hangover for two days which is the most I've ever had. If you're there, Helena, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> good times. Hope you've got over A your good, hangover good now. Good times. <laughs> and we weed in the men's toilets and they're really angry. They always are weirdly touchy about that, I aren't they? I don't get it. I don't understand why they're so uppity about it because like, there's just less of a queue there. Yeah. Men need safe spaces too, Caroline. I Although, guess they do. They do. Even you're though they've right. got, what's that thing called? Oh yeah, the world. <laughs> Biting political satire, mm, Alexandra Haddo. Every week, same time, same place. Actually, though, in our new office, um, there's a men's toilet right next to our office. Uh, but the women's toilet is upstairs and our office is mostly women. And we kind of started going into the men's toilet because they're not really going to know. They're not going to mind, are they? Mm. Turns out men, it, it's a it's a toilet with cubicles. But it turns out men, we in the toilet in the cubicle with the door open. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, I shouldn't be censored because I've got a dick. They just want to waggle it. That is fucking mad. I that's like legitimately a huge surprise. Full mad. 
Yeah, I'm no. gonna go ask some men about that after this. And like, if anyone follows us on Twitter and wants us to weigh on, wants to weigh on this, please do. Like, what? Yes, are you a man? And have you weed in a cubicle? And did you shut the door? If not, why not? Did you wash your hands? Because sometimes <laughs> when I when I'm weeing at home, sometimes I lock the door just out of instinct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, as in alone at home, like yeah. Because yeah, if mean. someone breaks in through the living room window. And you're and you're there having yeah. a poo, but women don't poo. No. Then what if they came in and saw you? I don't poo, but if you've done a nude poo, if I did poo, which I don't, then yes, I have. <laughs> I don't either, but when I do, it's great. It's so freeing, isn't it? I would imagine. I, I would. I would think it feels like I'm um, being Eve before the fall. Mm. Yes. I would yeah. think if I if I pooed, which I don't. Yes. Well, of course, no, I wouldn't know, but I would imagine. <laughs> If you weed, which you don't, um, would you wee in the shower? I would, yeah, for, um, every day. Um, it, you know, I, if I weed, which I don't, yes, I would imagine that like warm running water against my leg would make me want to wee. <laughs> yes, I think that hmm. that's a, a common thing. Although uh, I did, if I had ever had a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Around six years ago, and I, if I had admitted to him that I wee in the shower, as I thought women did, people and women, we are one and the same, apparently, then I would not have expected him to ask me to scrub the bath clean and that I was disgusting. No. What, after one he may in not the shower? Have. And but then it was one did. of those things where I thought that perhaps all this time I had been the disgusting freak, I would imagine. Well, you were. And then I, yes, of course I was. But then I asked some friends, what would they do if they were weeing in the shower? And they said that they would all wee in the shower. (laughs) And so this boy was then shamed, if they could. And then he, but he still stands by it. And I said, would you, in theory, knock one out in the shower? And he said, yes, but that's different. It's not. You go out with monsters. I know. Who are you dating? Because the last guy was pissed off about something else as well, about you watching the human centipede. Yeah, I know. They're all freaks, Caroline. (laughs) Find a nice bloke. I know. I'm trying. I didn't find out that if women weed, they might wee in the shower until I was like 21 because it just hadn't occurred to me. And then... um, You hadn't even considered maybe doing it? I I just hadn't thought about it. Although I'd weed in swimming pools before and the sea. Mm. So I don't know why it hadn't mm, occurred to me. I love a sea wee. Quite the rogue, Hannah. Mm. Uh, but then I found out because our, I was in a house share and our shower smelled like wee. And then I thought, if I weed, I might do that. <laughs> this is getting so confusing. It's like a Dr. Seuss book. We all wee and poo. We all wee and poo. <laughs> Admit the it. The is up. Hashtag, We're weeing and pooing right now. Hashtag ladies who poo. That's going to be, that's what I'm wearing on a t-shirt of the next woman who could. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fixer. We're going to move straight on now, I think, uh, to the next biology lesson. Caroline, go for it. Right. So my subject this week is about sleep. What is sleep? It, do you know what? When you actually think about it, it's very strange. Yeah, you just pass out for six to eight hours, hallucinate vividly, forget about it and wake up. But then sometimes you you feel great as well. You're like, oh, I have slept, but you don't remember sleeping. Sometimes you wake up knowing you did it wrong. Yeah. Because you're like, my neck hurts and I feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you're angry at someone and then you don't know why and then you remember that you had a dream about them and they did exactly. something to you in the dream. Yes. Or sometimes you wake up and you fancy someone who you didn't <gasps> fancy before. Oh, yes. that's so difficult. Yeah. Harry Styles. Sir Patrick Stewart. Wow. Oh, didn't you fancy him before? No. Did you? Yeah. Really? Have you ever seen him in a film? He's the kind of one where you see a picture of him and you're like, but then you see him in a film and you fancy him. That's like the opposite of Ashton Kutcher. Because when I see a picture of Ashton Kutcher, I'm like, you're the most beautiful Mm. man who's ever lived. And then he starts moving his horrible face. And I'm like, (laughs) stop doing that. Stop sleeping with people. Yeah. I hate him when he's moving. Yes. Horrible. Anyway, so I um, have recently become a bad sleeper. Oh, no. And I don't think it's like, and when I say recently, I mean over the last like couple of years. Like, I think I used to like just be out like a light within, you know, a few minutes or whatever. It's like because you're minutes. thinking about babies now. <laughs> thinking about my empty womb. It's the hormones. But yeah, the older I get, the more I have to like, literally like put in an effort to be good at sleeping. And it's mad. Like, so... I'm like, I'm lying there, like, and and Gav, like, pass out in, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, and I'll just literally be staring at the ceiling for upwards of an hour most evenings. Oh, no. It fucking That's sucks. Awful. And I even have to, like, I have to put measures into place now. So I have to sort of remind myself that I can't look at a screen for, like, an hour before I go to bed. Um, and, like, I, I have, like, lavender balm. I put it on my wrists and on my chest to sort of soothe me. Like it's getting quite bad. Like it's why I started doing yoga so much as well this year is because mm. I just like I'm gotten fucking crap at sleeping. I think as well that it's it becomes a catch twenty two in your head. So you start thinking more and more. Oh my god, I'm not going to sleep. Yeah, you're totally right because it gets that point. You know, you get to the point at like you know half eleven, quarter to twelve, when you're like, oh, time to go to sleep or yeah. whatever. And I start getting a little bit anxious. Like I yeah. do kind of feel yes, my heart exactly, rate go a yeah. little bit. Um, and I'm I'm a bit like, oh fuck, it's that time. Yeah, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that just ridiculous? Because our brains are so smart, and our brains can do so much, and our bodies can do so much. And then when it comes to sleep, which is completely vital for our survival and for our memories and for our general operating in every way. There's no way that we can really make ourselves do it. 
It's so odd. That just yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's I'm, so important. How have our bodies and brains not developed to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to make sure there's a way that you can always go to sleep when you want to. Yeah, like because because it's when everyone has to eat, everyone can feed themselves. Everyone who's not a baby can feed themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and same with everything else. You need to keep yourself alive. You you will always will yourself to breathe, even if it's very hard to. Yeah. But with sleep, you kind of even if you're knackered, you have to like wait. <laughs> like what? That's a shit deal. I am still a toddler in this respect. <laughs> I, I, okay, this is going to sound like a humble brag, but I promise you I don't mean it to be because I have no experience of the other. So I'm not bragging. Mm-hmm. I put on a TV show to watch in bed because mm-hmm. I always think, oh, I've got no time to watch this. Right, I want to watch this show. And eight or nine times out of ten, I have fallen asleep before the credits, the opening no. credits, oh, shitting me. Finish. It's a, a huge humble brag. I don't think we can be friends anymore. And no. the and the TV. If I'm on YouTube or something, I'll wake up at four in the morning and it's still going. And then I switch it off. And then I go back to sleep instantly. And I feel like God. I feel like maybe that's why I'm a dumb woman. There's nothing going on. <laughs> nothing going on. <laughs> nothing there. But like it, it made me sort of because ah, that's a really good point. Like why can't we just do it? Like, why haven't we evolved to do that? I don't know. I don't have the answer because actually sleep is, even to sleep specialists, quite a mysterious subject. Like, they're not even a thousand percent sure on why we do it. Um, The sort of the best explanation people have for it is that when we sleep, what we're doing is that our brain has taken in the maximum amount of information that it is able to take in. And when we sleep and when we dream, it's sort of our brain sort of sorting through all that information, filing some of it away and like binning some of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, which I find weird. And then I even like, you know how your thing about getting drunk was described by, it was obviously written by somebody who wanted you very much to understand yes. it and use very friendly language. Yeah. This is the opposite. I really want to read to you the Wikipedia entry for sleep. Because <laughs> it sounds like an alien who cannot grasp the concept and who's like, what are humans? Sleep is a naturally reoccurring state of mind and body characterized by altered consciousness, relatively inhibited sensory activity, inhibition of nearly all voluntary muscles, and reduced interactions with your surroundings. It is distinguished from wakefulness by a decreased ability to react to stimuli, but is more easily reversed than being comatose. That is the most man explanation I have ever heard in my life. Essentially, sleep is a state of semi-consciousness. Yeah, I mean, that would be way better, wouldn't it? Rather than, like, that is a incredibly long and very complex description of something that we all thought is quite simple. Hmm. Um, That's what they tell you not to do in GCSEs. They say, use the most simple language you can, don't overcomplicate it, and that's the opposite of what that person has done. It's a bad Wikipedia page. They yeah. only told you that because you are a woman. <gasps> they did. They did because they don't want to. Hear, oh, they want God. you to feel smaller. Um, so the reason why some people are good at sleep and why some people are bad at sleep, a lot of it is, as I'm sure it's very boring, uh, is about you know what you're, how you're treating your body. So like stress and diet and da da da, all that stuff. And even I, I try really hard to monitor those things like I, ge- I genuinely put in the effort to be good at sleep which is just the most losery thing ever <laughs> um but actually a lot of it is genetic and uh even they did the first sort of studies that they did on this was back in the 1930s where they got like sets of twins and they found that um identical twins proved to have very similar sleep patterns like they said exactly the same kind of movements yeah. or whatever whereas fraternal twins didn't at all so it's oh. almost even down to that kind of distinction um 
when you sleep, you all heard of like REM cycles, right? Yeah. I kind of, I've always heard about cycles within sleep, but I never really thought about what that consisted of. So each sleep cycle that you have consists of 90 minutes and that just kind of resets itself. And there's many different stages within those things. But one of the reasons that people are bad at sleep is within within that cycle, you hit a point called stage, stage two REM. And within stage two REM, you get things called... Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so disorganised today. It's, cool. um, it's fine, I can sing some R.E.M. while you look at your notes. <laughs> shiny, happy people. Shiny yeah. <laughs> so, and, with, and within that, you know, you get um you get these things called sleep spindles. Wow. Sleep spindles. That sounds like something in Rapunzel. Yes. It sounds like something that you get in like a dystopian YA thing. Yes. Where it's like the main character has a sleep spindle and it's taking over the world and getting the hot guys. Yes. <laughs> um, so a sleep spindle, have you ever had that, the best way I can, ex- I can explain it is have you ever had the experience where you're kind of just falling off to sleep and then you get a muscle spasm? Oh, yes. All the time. It's so weird, isn't it? And I've heard it of what I think is an urban myth, but please dispel it and mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I've heard. Okay. Um, or a, uh, a, a sleep spindle is a burst of oscillatory brain activity uh, and it occurs during stage two of sleep. As a person ages, he or she produces fewer s- spindles and is more sensitive to noises while sleeping. This is, could explain why people don't sleep as well after getting older. So part of it is genetics and part of it is that I'm getting older, which is uh, makes total sense because my mum... Like, me, my mom and dad are, like, super in love, but they haven't slept in the same bed throughout the night in, like, 10 years yeah. because she just can't... She just gets so... She can't sleep properly, so she just, like, moves around every bed in the house. Hmm. And now all her kids are gone. She's got loads of beds to choose from, so it's great. <laughs> um, A different one every night. Yeah. So, yeah, she'll just, like, sleep in, like, four different beds over the course of one night because she just can't sleep. So I think I've got, like, genetic bad sleep from her. Oh, oh no. And, I know, and that's just going to be my life. I'm just going to, like, be a woman, sh- like, knocking around her house like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I heard that that sort of muscle spasm, as you described it, when you're just dropping, up, dropping off to sleep, was an evolutionary thing whereby... It's from when we used to sleep in trees and we used to, if we were going to fall out the tree, our body would wake us up. And now I'm saying it, I realise that it is lies. That sounds like one of the explanations that you get from a lad on a date and he's like, well, the men have the instinct to spread their seeds, (laughs) so... (laughs) It is true about getting older, though, because even though I had the humble brag about how quickly I go to sleep, I definitely wake up at the slightest noise now. So even though I am asleep, I go straight back to sleep, but I would Mm. usually just like sleep like the dead um i've read as well that in like medieval times when it got dark they would just kind of go to sleep but then they'd wake up around like midnight or one o'clock and they'd sort of like potter about the house for a bit or like do some reading or like have sex or something and then they'd go to sleep again for a second sleep until dawn that's really interesting that's all part of um i did a lot of um thinking about uh not thinking about reading about naps and circadian rhythms so have you ever noticed um after lunch, you're super tired. Yeah. So like two o'clock or whatever, you're just like, want to die. And then if you ever noticed, if you're, say if you're like having a late night or whatever, if you're at a party or something and it hits that 2am part mm. and you just like, I want to go home. Yeah. And you, and like, if I, I am always the person who just goes home, I order the fuck out of that Uber. Um, but if you stay through that period, you're generally fine. You kind of like, you get a second burst of energy. Yeah, people always say, oh, you've got a second going. wind. Yeah, yeah you've got exactly. a second wind. Just stay out another 20 minutes, you'll get a second wind. I don't want a second wind, I want a pizza. <laughs> um, that's because your circadian rhythm resets itself 
at around 2 p.m. and at 2 a.m. every day. So those are the periods wow. you feel the most tired. I heard um, that you get tired after lunch because you have a postprandial dip, which is when all of your kind of energy is going into digesting your food and there's not so much energy to kind of keep you awake and focused and stuff. I mean, that sounds completely reasonable. Hmm. Maybe but it's both. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's lots of stuff. Maybe one causes the other. Mm. Well, um, a lot of sort of uh, science suggests that you should just go to sleep after lunch because that's where we get siesta culture. Exactly. The Spanish mm. have got it right. They do. And apparently there was, a, there was a six year study of Greek adults and Greek people also do the whole siesta thing. And I found that people who took naps at least three times a week had a 37% lower risk of a heart related death. God. What? Do you know what? 37% though? lower risk. Like, that's huge. I can't take a nap. And do you know what the most disgusting thing is? What? Going to sleep in your clothes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Horrible. Peasants. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> on the rare occasion that you do take a nap, um, and now that I'm a freelancer, I'm very, <laughs> I'm much more aware of napping. Um, when you wake up from a nap and say you've been asleep for like an hour or whatever, and uh, you have a really sweaty head. Yes. Mm. The Why? Is dead. But at night, you're like, oh, I think it's because it dries. You sweat and dry and sweat and dry. Ooh. Oh. That's, I mean, I always wake up with greasy hair. Like, yeah. I can't miss a day with hair washing. It's very sad. Maybe that's all your worries coming out in grease. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your dreams. Yeah. I'll just finish on this historical fact about sleep. So, Thomas Edison, what do you know Thomas Edison for? Light bulb. Light bulb, right? Man. <laughs> 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 the clue is in the name. Um, he famously said that he regarded sleep as a waste of time and a heritage from caveman days because he was like an inventor and he like wanted to invent all the time. Which nobody else has linked to the fact that he created the light bulb. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Thomas Edison was trying to keep everybody awake because um so they'd buy a bloody light bulb because pre pre the invention of the light bulb which was 1879 most people slept about 10 hours a night because obviously to light your home was quite expensive because this is also like pre paraffin yeah so to keep all the like candles in your home and keep up for another few hours was expensive so you were you slept for like 10 hours a night and this is gradually reduced over the last like couple of hundred years so like when's the last time you got 10 hours every night come on that's mental. Yeah, mm. correct. Like I get about six. Yeah, maybe seven. If yeah, I go to bed early. So um, yeah, and the kind of the gradual lack of kind of respect for sleep. I think I think there's a big movement at the moment. Our best friend and mentor Cheryl Sandberg uh, came up with the uh, <laughs> patron a, of this podcast, patron of this podcast, and close personal friend Cheryl Sandberg. Um, she came out with a book on sleep this year and about how we're all supposed to like value sleep more. And it was mostly wank, but like there is a point there. <laughs> like it is kind of making us less Caroline, healthy. You have tarred her with the same brush because that was Ariana Huffington. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Snap. Of the Huffington I, Post, they are the same though, aren't they? Yes, they are <laughs> one of the same. exact fucking same. They are, yeah, they're clones. They're both our close personal friends and mentors. Yes. They're both motherboards who code. Yeah. But you're right. It's totally crap. It's like, oh, I'm a millionaire now. I can sleep. It is. Mm, like, yeah. like ladies, remember to sleep. It's like, oh, along with the multitasking and child rearing yes. we're doing. I'm getting a hand shandy and an eyeing in a shirt here. <laughs> How am I supposed to sleep? And this um, concludes sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about sleep. So I think we learnt a lot in our DT lesson and our double biology lesson. Um, we're nearly at the end of the podcast. Oh. As you know, we end each episode with a smart lesson about how to navigate the world as a smart woman. 
So this week we're talking about something which is as intrinsic to your role as a smart woman as a pencil skirt and a tragic backstory. Um, (laughs) It's apps. Anyone who's anyone knows that you have to develop your own app. Otherwise, come the revolution, you will be extradited as some kind of mutant. So what would your apps be, ladies? I think I'd save everyone a lot of time and money by setting up a dating app where you swipe left or right based on dick pics only. Mm. Dick pics are the first point of contact. There's no mystery there. You know what you're getting. There's no sort of creepy, oh, you just sent me a dick pic out of nowhere. No, you know you're getting the dick pic. You signed up for that dick pic. You signed up for that dick pic. You can't act appalled about it. Nope. No, you cannot. Wasn't there a TV show where they did that? Really? Yes, Naked Attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I reviewed that. Yes, I remember. It was weird. This would just be you're in bed, on your own, swiping dick pics, okay? You're thinking, I need a partner, and then maybe you like one. You swipe, I don't know, what you, what you do on the apps, right, let's say, <laughs> from Mr. Right. Am I right, ladies? Um, and then maybe you're having like a hot and steamy conversation, and then after a few hours you're like, send me a picture of your face. And it's that way around. It's and then, romantic, actually. Mm, yeah. If he sends you a picture of his face and he's hot, Bonus! But what if, what if he's a troll? Oh, just get rid of him. Also, what do you send him? Oh, this is, I don't know, it's just like, it's like Bumble. It's a feminist one. <laughs> you send him nothing. You nothing. send him nothing until you're married. <laughs> and yeah, essentially... Oh, that's really resonating. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And yeah, and so basically then, if you like his face, you meet him for a drink, and or maybe you don't even say, maybe you don't see his face, and you have to pick who he is in the pub. On Based, the on the bulge. Based on the bulge. Based on the bulge. Um, you know, just sort of walking in and like, that guy looks like he's hung like a baboon. <laughs> a baboon's hung? I think I'll go over. How big so, are baboon dicks? Uh, I don't know. It just sounds like an animal that would have a big dick. It does, yeah. It does yeah. not. I think it does. I think she's out. It's yeah. Got tiny baboons, dicks. baboons strut around the place like they're fucking <laughs> packing. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of a gorilla. I think you're thinking... <laughs> You're probably thinking. No, I prefer baboons. <laughs> and uh, what I would do is uh, I would call this dick pick or dick flick or knobber with no e, because as we know, all apps are no allergic vowels. to vowels. Mm-hmm. So just knobber. That would be mine. Cool. Great. I think that sounds great. I think you're a very smart woman with that. App. Thank you very so much, smart ladies. App. Billion dollar idea. Thank you. I will contact Cheryl in the morning. <laughs> or, Ariana. or Ariana. Or <laughs> Ariana. One or the other. Fuck it. Who cares? They're all the same. Caroline, what's your app idea? Um, well, I would like an app that tells me, it gives me a little like a ping or a notification every time there are some unguarded snacks in my local area. This is brilliant. Mm. So if there, there's like a like a fairly big waitress about ten minutes from me, and if they're handing out like free bacon, yes, um, like or or like a free bit of fancy yogurt in one of those little cups, <gasps> and with Samples. a tiny, a tiny, not quite a fork, not quite a spoon, swab, a tiny spade, a tiny, tiny spade, yes. yes, a tiny spade. I want to know about it. If there's a Neil's Yard somewhere where they're handing out Brie on a toothpick, I mm. want to know about oh it. Oh my goodness. If there's is... a school fet where there's like an unmanned cupcake bake sale <laughs> table, I want to know about it. This is, I mean, genuinely, I think you're, you're on to something here. Do you want to know yeah. what the beauty is? Here's the beauty. I market it to diabetics. <laughs> <laughs> and people who have like low blood sugar. So it's like, oh, it's important for you to know like where I snacks see. are. Um, so then I'll get all the credibility for doing like a good thing for those people. But actually, it's just for me and my snacks. What's your what's your app called? Snacks. Snacker. <laughs> snacks. It's called Snacks. With an X. Yes, the next. Mm. Snacks. Or Sampler. Sampler. Ooh. Sampler. You're very good at this. Hannah, what would your app be? 
Um, so my app, I know that we can't tell the future yet with technology, but I want an app that's able to calculate precisely how much I will regret not going on a night out when I'm <gasps> deliberating oh, whether or not to go on yes. a night out. Thanks, guys. That's what the world needs. I want it to look at Facebook and to see who says they're going and to look at how many times they say they're going to a thing and then don't go to a thing. <gasps> and I think there's you could probably do that with an algorithm. Okay, our ideas are dog shit compared yes. to this idea. <laughs> you can do it. People put so much of their personal information on. This could definitely be calculated. Yeah. And then I yeah. want it to calculate, like, how gross the tube's going to be. Um, yeah. And it'll give you like a score out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How and much that to... host usually buys in the alcohol and how yes. much you have to bring mm. along your can of bullshit beers. What the shop situation is like around their flat as well. If there's only going to be like a fucking Nisa that doesn't yes. take cards. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to have to get like a crap bottle of wine and then yeah. you have a 50p card charge. You get a Prosecco that Echo costs Falls. £9. Pounds. Yes. Yeah. From I mean, the... £9 is pretty good for Prosecco, surely. No. Is how it? cheap can you get Prosecco for? Like six. Sainsbury's six. And yeah, I think I, I think it's possible to make an app that collates all that data and, you know, whether it's raining, whether you've got something to wear that you don't hate, all of these things, and just tells you, marks out of 10, how much you should go on that night out, mm. how much it's not worth it. And also, um, it goes through, like, your email and your calendar to say how much you have on tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there might be, like, you've all had a thing where you're fucking hungover and then you get a text at, like, quarter past 11 being like, we still on for lunch. And you're like, no, yeah. no, we're never on for lunch ever again. Agreed. Well, if there are any smart men out there that want to develop Hannah's app idea, please do get in touch with us on Twitter at DumbWomenPod, or you can email us on the Gmail, which is DumbWomenPod at gmail.com. It is. I think we have seven emails in there now. Most of oh. them come to <laughs> Yes. Wanting to be our Excellent. main sponsor. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed how dumb this has been, please tweet us at dumbwomenpod or email us, as we said before. Thanks, as always, to Soho Radio Studios for allowing us to record here, to Harry Harris for doing such amazing jingles, and to Gavin Day, who talks and who has done a very lovely logo for us. Thank you, men. Join us next week for more Dumb Lessons. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.